and welcome back to Any Given Thursday. Uh, this is our first recording of the month of October. Ooh, uh, we've been fun. gone a couple of weeks with boring, boring international football. Not the good international football that we're going to get soon, but the boring kind. Uh, England got relegated. Let's go. Um, that, we're not covering the Nations League. I don't care. Um, so we're back to preview our first match week in three weeks. Um, starting at the top with Group A, where Bodo Glimt leads the group with four points. Followed by Arsenal with three, PSV with one, Zurich with none. We should caveat, though, Arsenal and PSV did not play in the second match week. They've been postponed to October 20th, um, so they've only played once. Yeah, so Bodo's lead is a little... It's tenuous. Not, yeah. It's uh, temporary. Mm-hmm. It is, it's just, it's nice to have club football back, you know. It is. It's, I enjoy every once in a while the international breaks, but I really missed it. And getting to watch them over the weekend was really nice to be able to go back to instead of having to watch you know the nation's league which isn't the most exciting should we start this group with the two teams that have played two times indeed yeah well not really psv oh you're guys. right i totally misread yeah, that as dodo glimp yeah well, that's, thing to say. that's embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> one of the teams that has played two yeah. times yeah, Zurich hosts Bodo Glimt at 12.45 in kind of the first kickoff of the week. There's a lot of simultaneous kickoffs, so whatever. Zurich, they're off to a really, really bad start this Pretty year. Pretty calamitous start, yeah. Yeah, they're sitting in 10th right now uh, in the Swiss League. But since the last Europa League game, they managed to get knocked out of the cup. <laughs> <laughs> and... Only got a draw with Grasshoppers, so it's three points now from nine games, no wins. And they got their manager, Franco Foda, fired two weeks ago um, when we were on break. Uh, you'd have to say, nobody wants to see their job lost. Nobody, I wouldn't want to wish that on most people, but you could kind of see the point here. Um, Meanwhile, PSV have been playing pretty well recently. They added two Eredivisie wins since the last time they were in Europe. Uh that all kind of came undone with their shocking 3 nothing loss to Camber in the league. That was very disappointing. Uh, they have kind of interesting thing that they've been doing has been playing Javi Simons up as kind of a false nine striker. Uh, and it didn't work against Camber, but it did work against Feyenoord uh, when he was up top for three of their four goals in that game. Uh, I think it kind of shows how versatile their attacking options are in that they can score from pretty much anywhere on the field that even when you have a guy up top who's not a natural striker not a natural finisher you're still putting four past teams like Feyenoord but what do you think is going to happen in this game um I'm changing my prediction as we speak to be harsher in favor Whoa. of PSV I got Zurich nil PSV four yeah I think uh I understand why you are making it harsher on Zurich because they have been awful but they have scored in I think 12 straight games mm-hmm so I have this one going down five two. I think this is just a gold glut waiting to happen. If you like gold, it's a Galazzo channel. Galazzo show will be they will be all visiting. over this one. Mostly in, in favor of PSV. Yeah. Um, Arsenal hosts Bodo Glimt, uh, three p.m. Eastern. Uh, Arsenal sits atop the Barclays Premier League for now until they play City, um, and uh, I hear that. They've been in good form, but, you know, I haven't... I don't think they've played in a little while, so... 
I, yeah, I don't... I don't know how you managed to miss this, but they had a really big 3-1 win over some other team in London. I, I get why you wouldn't have heard of the other team. Oh, like, QPR? Uh, no, but they do wear white. Um, it's Totesham. Totesham. Oh, I'm not familiar. Yeah. I think they're connected to the San Antonio Spurs. Because okay. people were calling them the Spurs, so I think they're connected to the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, well, I don't know them, but... Yeah, tiny um, club, so it's pretty embarrassing that Arsenal only managed a 3-1 win Yeah, they conceded. Them. Yeah, What's so that? it might not be a good sign. Um, it's also other... not a good sign that they're reliant on a number six who has been arrested for rape, and yet continues to play. Um, yeah. We're not legally allowed to name him, I don't think. Thomas Partey. I don't know what the rules <laughs> we're are. We're not in England, so who gives a shit? Well, I'd prefer not to get arrested. Well, it's, we're not in England. They can't arrest us. It's Thomas Partey, and this has been a this is a huge problem, I think, with this English libel law that nobody could report it um, because you can't. Then the media can't, and thus the public cannot put pressure on these teams for playing literal rapists. We saw this with Benjamin Mendy, or is it, it's Benjamin, right? Um, That's his first name. Yeah, yeah, Mendy with City two years ago got arrested for rape. Played the whole fucking season, mm-hmm. like. That's crazy, right? And then, and now, of course, he's like, you know, in 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 the courts where he should be. Yeah, and you know, Mendy seemed to rape a lot of people. Uh, I don't know what the situation is part A because they can't fucking report it, but and do their jobs. Um, but that's just the thing I thought I'd put out there that they're that he's playing and like is their key number six every week as they trot their way through the Premier League. And that's kind of fucked up. At least he might not be key over the week because my next note here, because I didn't realize you were going to talk about that, Rant. is um, Arteta likes to rotate a lot. I didn't really know how to transition away from yeah. that. I wasn't prepared for that conversation. Just had to get the rant um, out of the way. No, no. I, it's important to talk about those things. Bullshit. It's a it goddamn is. disgrace. Everybody should be ashamed. Players who have in that organization. actively been arrested for violent crimes mm-hmm. should probably not be playing. Yeah, you'd think, yeah. right? It seems pretty it's, simple. It seems a very basic They're thing like, we might as instead, them. they're like, let's milk everything we get out of him before he's actually fucking put back in jail. He's technically out on bail, and the bail, uh, the reason he's on the brand right now is because his bail uh, of some player in North London who's 29 was just, uh, was just extended this week, so. Yeah, and it's tough for Arsenal fans too because on one hand, you want to see your team win and succeed, but you also, you just don't want to see people like that playing for your team. You don't. And there's going to be some willful blindness, which I understand, but it's just tough to see, you know, the club supporting him when you know what's going on behind closed yeah. doors. And this is a big, big problem in, like, European football in general. Mm-hmm. Just in England with that libel law, it's just really glaring Yeah. Um, at the moment. Yeah, he's not the only player to have done things like this. I mean, we talked about the player in the Cypriot League when they went to uh, Jur Gardens. Yeah. And Portanova continuing to play for Genoa despite the very serious allegations against him last year. And it's an issue in all football and all sports, too, mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. But... And frankly, like, allegations are bad enough. But when you've literally been uh, arrested yeah. and you're out on bail, like, it's crazy. Like, if you were arrested for rape and you, like, worked at an office, do you think you'd be able to still work at the office while you were awaiting trial? No. I don't think so. Uh, it's a disgrace. Um, but in terms of the actual game, I don't know, Arsenal will probably win, won't they? Yeah, I'm really I, I'm excited for this game because I want to watch Marquinhos 
back out there again. I was super mm-hmm. impressed with him last time they played in Europe. Yeah. I think they were playing run. Zurich to be fair. I, that's why I want to see him against the team. The that's worst a, team in this, in the, in the in Swiss, Swiss league. league. Yeah. That's why I want to see him against a team. That's a step up, mm-hmm. you know, a team like Bodo Glimt who pose somewhat of a challenge. They're not a pushover by any means. Mm-hmm. Although they're You're not a terrific them. form either. No, are they? The Arsenal are clearly better and should win this game, but Bodo aren't going to fold mm-hmm. completely. But and I, I noticed Matt they're in a play. distant second in the, yeah. in the league. Yeah. Like they've 15, actually, 16 points off or something. Speaking of their bad form, they've actually only won one of their last 13 road games. Yeesh. It doesn't yeah. bode well for them. Anyway, I got Arsenal 4, but a glimpse 1. I think it's going to be a close one. One of the ones where Boda's ability to kind of sup, shut up shop when they need to will come in handy, but I still think Arsenal have the quality to take a 2 1 victory. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've seen enough from Arsenal to yeah. expect the worst. Uh, group B sees Ren and Fenerbahce atop with four points apiece, followed by AEK Lenarka with three, Dinamo Kiev with none. Uh, in our first matchup, Fenerbahce hosting AEK Lenarka. Yeah, Fenerbahce are coming off a fairly disappointing draw from them uh, against Besiktas over the weekend, and they'll be probably a little frustrated if they take that out on AEK. And Ender Valencia has been killing it for them. He's already got seven goals this year. Came off the bench against both Ren and Kiev. So I think if Fenerbahce find themselves in a vulnerable position, they have that key piece on the bench that can come off and make the difference. Because I expect them to start on the bench as they focus on league play. AK, on the other hand, it's still too early to tell in the separate league. I think they're only five games in mm-hmm. right now. But they've just been inconsistent game to game. Haven't really... Uh, solidified themselves into a certain position on the table yet. Uh, they held their own against Ren and looked pretty good against Kiev, but I don't think they have the difference makers in their team necessary to beat Fenerbahce in Turkey. Their back line has looked pretty competent this year, though, so they might be able to keep it close or hold out for a while before I have this down as a 2 nothing win for Fenerbahce. Both goals coming pretty late on, though. I'm going 3-1. Um... Elsewhere in the group, Ren hosts Kiev. Um, Kiev has been off to eh, kind of a mess start to the season. Obviously, we've talked about what's going on with them before. So best not to uh, delve too into it. It does seem like they've maybe stabilized a little bit after their first couple of league matches, winning their last two. Um, This one's a tough ask for them, isn't it? Yeah, you expect Kiev to find themselves near the top of that Ukrainian league table sooner rather than later. But coming up, having to go to France to play Ren, that's mm-hmm. a tough ask. I mean, Ren have been, going to have a great start, but they've been better recently as well. They got a good um, 1-1 draw with Marseille on the weekend. Yeah, and Marseille, who are in second place in Ligue 1, so that's a pretty, pretty impressive. And we just watched them beat Sporting yeah. 4-1 today. So yeah, sporting, under some sporting might have beat themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're also only... Four teams in Ligue 1 have allowed less than 10 goals so far this season, and Ren are one of those four teams. So despite all the talk we do about their young, exciting, attacking players, should be noted that their defense is really solid, mm-hmm. which when you're playing in the Europa League games as a bigger team is really important. goes a long way. goes a long way. That's why I have this down as a 3 nothing Ren win. I think this is one they can really... Yeah, I got them both 2-0, um, but yeah, I agree with you. Uh, in Group C... Betis tops the group with six points. Ludigretz and Roma with three. HJK with none, perhaps not surprisingly. Um, this is an exciting week, though, 
because we finally have Roma Betis, um, one of the uh, one of the fixtures of uh, of the group stages across the across the league. You'd have to say, um, and, yeah, it's probably uh, the big one of the weekend. Yeah, I would say, especially with Roma putting themselves in a difficult position mm-hmm. by dropping that game to Ludogorets. Yeah, you know, this would have been fun if they were both on six points, but it would have probably ultimately been meaningless but now this feels like it's a little more fun i think because yeah. roma need kind of needs this one especially this one especially going back yeah going back to betis the next week um that's going to be an interesting thing about uh this round of fixtures is that is considering that all these two that we're going to do the reverse fixtures for all for for all of these um again next week it'll be interesting in their proximity this one in particular um they've both been in good league form you'd have to say they'd both be satisfied and even encouraged by their starts. Um, yeah, yeah, especially cause Roma early on looked a little shaky at times, especially when Dabalo wasn't playing or it's wasn't on there. because bad manager. Well, and because Rui Patricio has been so bad. <laughs> I have so many stats I can run through of just how bad he has been. Uh, Roma are best in the league in terms of expected goals against, but only tied for six in terms of goals against which is because their post-shot expected goals minus goals against is minus 3.3 after only eight games. So it's good. already accounted for about three goals let in. Only Inter have been worse, and I think everybody has heard about how terrible Hendanovic has been this year mm-hmm. and how many mistakes he has made. Rui Patricio is not far off of that. He's also only claimed one cross so far how this entire possible? season. Only Juve have been worse, and that's because... Did they not get crossed on? How is they get crossed on a lot. <laughs> Well, because they have the London Tower back there, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, Smalling's been really good yeah. recently as well. He deserves some Except for the Ludogorets game. Yeah, that was a really <laughs> bad game. But, yeah, only Juve have a worse cross-claim percentage, and that's because they just don't have Chesney attempt to do it. He hasn't even... Chesney doesn't, doesn't have an around. attempted cross-claim. <laughs> yeah. um, Roma are also tied for worst in terms of save percentage. So just every set you can find for a keeper... He's worst, second, or third worst in Serie A four, which is really a shame because he looked good last year. And you know Roma have a long history outside of those Becker years of just terrible goalkeepers. So those fans are used to it, and it's not a place you want to be. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a strange move for them um, to go grab him from Wolves after what was clearly like past the apex of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what their long term planning is there, but no, I don't either. There's doesn't seem to be anyone in the wings. Yeah, it seems like the kind of thing that in a when you hit a knockout stage of a tournament, um, could could be something that does you in. Yeah, because um, those and even this group could come down to one goal. Where mm-hmm. if Patricio has a bad error or mm-hmm. just doesn't get to something you'd expect him to, then mm-hmm. it could really come back to Roma. Batiste though have been kind of fine for the most part. They hit their first little. Yeah, stumbling no, they've been good. Stumbling block of dropping points to Celta Vigo mm-hmm. over the weekend. But overall, I would say they've been pretty good. Guido Rodriguez has come up a lot uh, over the international break. Fabrizio Romano linked him to a move to Liverpool, which kind of puts his quality, I think, in a bit of a comparison angle. It's like because a lot of people won't watch the Spanish League, but everybody has seen Liverpool in the Champions League. So if they're interested in him, you know that he's pretty quality, right? Yeah, and they, I mean, they have a lot of players in good form right now. Uh, Borja Iglesias, um, striker, six goals in seven matches. He got himself a call-up to the Spanish team and got his first ever cap. 
Ooh. off the bench against Switzerland. Good for him. He's 29. Yeah. Pretty late to get a cap. Um, but good for him for being in sort of career best form. William Carvalho is pretty much a starter for the for the Portuguese Portuguese setup. Um, they just got some good players, and uh, now that everybody's registered and settled, um, I think this will be a cracker. I got it. I got it going down as a two-two draw. I had this going down as a one-one draw. Love I do it. think Roma are more likely to win than Benfica to win, but I think a draw is one. the most likely to outcome. Yeah, they need this one. The other game in this group, HJK, are hosting Ludogorets on their dreaded, their dangerous artificial turf. <laughs> Should we, uh, uh, I think... You think it's going to help them in this this time? It didn't last time. I actually, I do think it as a, as a draw, so I do think it might help them. There you go. Bit. Uh, 1-1 in this one. I, uh, I think uh, Ludogorets, I've seen enough in both uh, the Roma and Betis fixtures where obviously they pulled the shock result Roma, but they also gave a little bit of a scare at the end to Betis. I think they're clearly the stronger team here, and I'm going to take them 2-1. Yeah. I do think I uh, continue to underestimate how, how crap the Finnish league is. It's bad. It's really bad. Um, but after having just shit on it for a sentence there, HJK are uh, close to locking up the Finnish league. They might have locked it up by the time you listen to this. Because, golf clap? Yeah, golf clap. Cups play on Wednesday. And if they don't beat Hakka, then the league's over. But Hakka and HJK play on Saturday. And if HJK pick up a win, they'll lock up the title. So congratulations to them Woo! on probably locking up the Finnish title, title. In the next week. Yeah, uh, yeah. suck it, Cups. Uh, Group D. Uh, Braga and St. Gilles atop with six points. Union Berlin and Malmo rock bottom with none. Um, start with Braga and St. Gilles. Yeah, Braga are pretty good, I think. You know how many goals a game they've been averaging in their league? So many. Three goals a game. It's a lot of goals for It's a lot of goals a game. In the Portuguese league, too. So it's against Mm -hmm. decent competition for the most part. Well, I will say they have not actually played a ton of top half competition in the league in their first however many games. They did finally come down to earth on the weekend. Porto hammered them 4-1. Um, letting them, reminding them of their place a little bit in the hierarchy. But they're still, for this level, a good team. Yeah. Um, I thought they looked pretty strong against both Union Berlin and Malmo, even though they didn't dominate the game that much, especially no. against Union Berlin. It was a pretty pretty was even pretty game even that match, I thought yeah. both they teams looked pretty good in. Late. Yeah. Um, Sancho Wall, on the other hand, though, they've looked really, really impressive in Europe, less so domestically, but they have cleaned it up by beating some of the weaker mm-hmm. teams. They finally the got a couple of better, a little easier matchups. The last two got a couple of wins in a row. Yeah, maybe that's something they can use to push Back forward in the Back up to fourth, I believe. Yes. Uh, Teddy Tuema in the last game against Malmo. Incredible. And Burgess as well. Isn't Tuma? 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 Yeah, I think it is Tuma. Teddy Tuma, sorry to you yeah. if you're listening, which I'm sure you are. I'm sure all the yeah. players listen to us. Write, a, write David hate mail. Yeah. I don't get enough of it, so get, please do. Get some I need mail. to be humbled. He was incredible so far for them in the group stages. So has Burgess. Burgess, uh, the center back, he's looked great for them both games. So they're a good team, but I just think Braga are a better team. I'm going to take them 2 nothing. Yeah, I'm going to take Braga 2-1 at home. Uh, Malmo, Union Berlin. Boy, do Union need this one. <laughs> yeah. um, this is actually... A huge chance for Union to salvage this Europa League group, getting Malmo back to back. You know, if you pick up six points, 
Um, and while uh, uh, Braga and St. Joao's kind of beat up on each other a little bit, um, then you put yourself back in a reasonable position to, you know, have some control. Um, but they got to win both these games. It's an absolute must. Um, Malmo is still seven points off the table, off the top of the table in Sweden. Um, and actually any European spot is still totally up for grab, totally like not a, not very much in the balance, I should say. Mm. It's not, it's not a sure thing. It's very tight up there. Um, not a good season for them, um, that based on what they're accustomed, where they're accustomed to finishing. Um, the one thing they really like to do is possess the ball though. They lead the league, um, in possession percentage and, um, Union says finally. A team that likes to dominate the ball. Yeah. Um, so I think this actually might be with Malmo's form this season and um, playing style. This might finally be a chance to Union for Union to take advantage. That said, we haven't seen it yet, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna predict a two 0 win for Union, but I uh, not confident about it. Yeah, I think you know what you're saying about the possession based approach by Malmo and we've talked a lot about how Union is really struggling to adapt to teams that are going to go defensive and going to give up the ball to them which they don't see a lot in the league I agree with you I think it's a chance for them to finally write some things I have this going down only one nothing but Union taking all three points sick group B Sociedad leads with six points United and Sheriff uh, in second with three apiece Ammonia Rock bottom with none and ammonia hosting Manchester United at 1245 uh, Eastern this Thursday at the very start. I think in our uh, group stage uh, previews, uh, which are available on Spotify and Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, if you haven't heard them, uh, I believe we predicted this ammonia fixture could be a bit of a trap game for United, um, more so than the Sheriff matchup. Um, partially we were saying that off the bias of watching Ammonia beat up Ghent over two legs, thinking they looked quite good. They haven't um, looked as good. Sheriff haven't, hadn't been scoring at all in qualifying. Um, since then I kind of regret that cause it's kind of been the opposite. Yeah. Ammonia have been really bad. Um, they three wins, two losses in league, which isn't, you know, a terrible start, but, um, but their home loss to Sheriff, uh, last month was pretty damn dire. Uh, and it suggests that they're pretty clearly the worst team in this group. Um, so I'd like to retract that statement I made. That said, never easy going all the way to Cyprus on a midweek um, when you've just gotten absolutely shellacked by your by your uh, yeah I'm going to say by was, your derby rivals. I was looking at United's schedule and I think the real trap game was the one against City. Yeah, <laughs> I got him. Uh, no, I kid, I kid. We I, don't need to say anything more about that because everyone else covered it. But you know the six three, how you lose to you know your second maybe base, maybe second biggest rivals. Uh, maybe third. Yeah, that uh, was. But how do you how you lose the derby to a team you beat up for hundreds of years six three and that's a generous scoreline for you? It um, better be that Ten Hag was focusing on the Europa League. Yeah, he and was that's thinking why ahead. he didn't play yeah, Casemiro because yeah, yeah. there's no excuse to not play him in that game. He was thinking ahead to him. Yeah. Um, they clearly still have problems controlling games in the midfield. They still can't have don't really know how to press. Man, the way they they went on one of the best defensive midfielders in the world over the summer. Know, who could right? help them do that. I know. Uh, um, but I actually don't. All that's to say, I don't actually think this is a trap game for them. I think like maybe like they weren't that impressive against Sheriff, but this is a game where maybe Ronaldo picks up his second Europa League goal. 
Maybe his third. And maybe his third. And maybe his fourth. Three one United. You picking a Ronaldo hat trick? No. Oh, <laughs> I think he'll get one. Uh, I have this. You know, I said in the group stage preview it would be a trap game, mm-hmm. and I commit to things. Do it. So I'm keeping my trap game. Oh, I'd love it. I'm going two two. I'd love it. And uh, Cassano's favorite attacking player, who he thinks uh-huh. is better than Rafael Leal, Rashford is going to pick up a goal. How many? Of the ammonia goals will be Harry Maguire's fault. Uh, only one of them. Only one of the two. Only one of them. The other will be, um, they'll just be beat. I think probably mm-hmm. down the wings. I think mm-hmm. Malachia will play on the left. Mm-hmm. And he'll find himself a little too far forward. It'll be space. And, and Maguire will be on that left side. Maguire will be on the left side, but I don't think he'll make a mistake. I think yeah, he'll just okay. be forced out of position. Yeah, yeah. But then everybody will blame it yeah. on him. The second He's one, very good at being forced out of position. The second one days. will be on him. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Um... Elsewhere, Sheriff hosts Sociedad. Um, this is the actual trap game, I think. Uh, not that not that they're gonna win, I don't think. But um, Sociedad have, uh, or excuse me, Sheriff have been imperfect in the league, which is a shocker, right? Six wins and three draws. That's not perfect. That's embarrassing. Gasp. Only 17 scored and three conceded in those six games. Or in those nine games. Pathetic. That is embarrassing. Uh, but yeah, it's basically, two goals a game. they basically have an insane defensive record. Uh, but they do struggle scoring a little bit, unless it's against Ammonia. Um, and that's relatively speaking. Uh, we saw them, like, not find the net very much in the qualifying rounds. Um, and, you know, in, in a league as bad as theirs, like, two goals a game isn't that impressive. Um, but, yeah, they've been super stingy in all competitions. Um, they put a pretty respectable performance in against United three weeks ago, where they really held them to not that many chances after the two early goals. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they gave Sociedad a bit of a, bit of a game here, or frustrated them at the very least. Um, we've also covered that Sociedad, you know, were, were, they brought in Umar Sadiq, um... To fill that, yeah. to fill that Alexander Isak size nine, and then he just tore his knee up. So, um, Brace Mendez and uh, Alexander Sorloff have had to fill in some goal scoring. Um, also, midfielder Mikel Marino has chipped in with some assists, two in the each, each of his last two games. Uh, Takafusa Kubo, the young twenty-one-year-old uh, Japanese international, has also uh, been called to step up a little bit. Um, they finally had goals come pouring out. They beat Girona 5-3 on the weekend. Um, but I still worry about a little bit of a trap game here, and I'm going to say it's going to finish nil-nil. I think Sociedad will continue with the goal-scoring form that they found. I think that they have the talent in them to win this game fairly easily. They definitely and have the talent. The history of Spanish teams in group stage competitions gives me a little confidence as well. They tend mm-hmm. to, outside of Real last, last year, they tend not to fall into these or two years ago, whatever it was. They tend not to fall into these trap games as much as other countries' teams do, so I think that Sociedad are going to win 2-0. I think Sheriff are going to have a .18 XG, but frustrate them. Uh, Group F. Feyenoord, Michelin, Lazio, and Sturm Graz all on three points. Um, However, Feyenoord leads with a plus-four goal differential, while Sturm Graz is rock bottom with a negative five, thanks to but absolute thrashing at the hands of Feyenoord recently. Um, but Sturmgraz, who holds Lazio, yes. um, have actually been quite good other than that, haven't they? Yeah, they have been. Um, they are currently second in the Austrian League, and it's not cut adrift from 
Red Bull Salzburg yet, which is a big achievement after, yeah. I think, they're already at double-digit games. So at this point in the season, to so not nothing be short like of a miracle. 30 points behind them, yeah. pretty impressive. Uh, they dismantled Austria over the weekend, who have been really bad, and we'll get to them later. But The country? The entire country. They beat the <laughs> entire country. Sorry, Austria Vienna. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's most impressive, I found, is that they've only conceded five goals in the league, mm-hmm. tied for best with Salzburg. Um, they seem to have put that drubbing to Feyenoord behind them. Um, it seems like an aberration. Um, I'd say they're a real stern test for Lazio here, who uh, will have plenty of pressure on them not to have, lay another egg like they did in Denmark. Yeah, outside of that monstrosity of a game that they put in there, they've actually been really good this year, I think. So when you talk about aberrations, and I agree with you, the Sturm Graz drubbing by Feyenoord is probably an aberration. Mm-hmm. I think Feyenoord's performance in Michelin is also an aberration. Yes, sorry, yeah. that's misspoke there. Um, their success, I think, has been a little overshadowed by how good Udinese and Atalanta have been. Mm-hmm. But they have the second most goals and the second fewest conceded in Syria. So they've been succeeding in scoring and defending. And I think most of that is because Sergej Milikovic Savic is the best player in Syria. And probably the best player in the Europa the League. The best player in Syria? He's the best player in Syria. Okay. That's my hot take. Even He's better a, than Gasp Mignon. He's better than Mignon. Well, wow. that's a, that's we a have that on record? That's I'm a tough comparison because he's a goalkeeper. I'm leaving that in. But even as a Milan fan, you ride or I die think on that. Milinkovic-Savic is the best player in Syria. I think he's a top three midfielder in the world. Wow. I think the only person... Pedri. Uh, I was going to say... Three times. <laughs> I was going to say De Bruyne, but... <laughs> yeah. Three Pedri. Pedri's in the conversation. I was going to say De Bruyne, maybe Kimmich are better than him. Modric... I think he's better than Modric yeah, right probably. now. Yeah, probably. Modric, I mean, Modric can't like, play two enough. years ago, you know, I Modric probably, can't I play Modric, but uh, He's been world-class for years, and it's overshadowed. How about Pierre-Emerick Hoybier? <laughs> maybe. maybe. How about Thomas Partey? Ooh. 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 But, yeah, Malinkovic-Savic is, I think, going to be the key to Lazio's season. And I expect them to take this competition. Now that they've dropped points, they've had that wake-up call in the competition. Mm-hmm. They have to be playing a relatively strong squad. They can't come out here with a ton of young players only if so they want to go through. I feel like so. we had the inverse conversation about them ahead of the Michelin game. I'm like, yeah. I don't see any problem here. And you're like, <laughs> it's Lazio, though. I know. So we'll see. They always get they get smacked at some point in the group stages. Uh-huh. And it's always a question of how they respond. I think this year... Their league form has me a little more optimistic that they can respond than mm-hmm. most years previous, but they got smacked pretty early, which might be good for them. Mm-hmm. It gives them time to wake up and time to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Just goes to show. Yeah. And I see you've written here 3-0, and because Sturmgras was the home team, I figured you were talking about <laughs> Sturmgras. <laughs> no. So I thought we Sorry. were in agreement here. But apparently you think Lazio's going to win 3-0. I think Sturmgras are going to win 2-1. There's a there's a hot there's a hot take of the week. Pew, 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 pew. pew, pew, pew You're pew. upset of the week. Upset of the week. No. Of the year. David not taking his upset. <laughs> Michelin post Feyenoord. Uh, the Danes just don't seem to have bit this year as they have recent in previous years. They're conceding a lot of goals. Uh, they did get two results in their last two. They beat Copenhagen 2-1, who's also struggling in the league. And a 1-1 draw with Fyborg. Who's up near the top? Those so are good results. maybe they're getting a good run of form together finally. But you know, especially with Lazio in the rearview mirror. But not today, BB. Not today. Um, 
since the Sturmgraz massacre of 2022, uh, Feyenoord lost a 4-3 thriller at PSV that we touched on before. Um, they played out a disappointing 1-1 draw at Neck Nijmegen. Uh, Nailed it. <laughs> Actually, you probably did do that It was one pretty correctly. close. You're, you do know your Dutch pronunciations. Uh, they scored the third most goals in the league so far, but haven't been quite as tight in the back. Um, mm. Phrasing. They need to be tight in the back. Boom. Uh, like my team's that said, they have a good spine. Jakob Rasmussen on loan from Fiorentina. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they have a great spine, but they're not too tight in the back. I don't know. <laughs> so what were you doing while you wrote these notes? Eating Indian food. Uh, Jakob Rasmussen has been on, in fine form since he was loaned from Fiorentina. And Quentin Timber, who's a Dutch U21s international, uh, is their six. He's been good, too. Um, 23-year-old Danilo, the Brazilian, leading the line. Six goals and eight, including one in the Sturmgras slaughter of 2022. Only one? Only one, I, I think know. they have, like, six different what scores, pussy. though. I'm yeah. pretty sure they... <laughs> um, so, I have Feyenoord comfortable 4-0 winners here. I think they're going to come out with a fury after their last two results. And they're going to bury the poor Danes early. I disagree with your comfort level in this one. I agree with the final result, though. I think Feyenoord will take three points, but Michelin's performances in the league, those last two results, give me a little bit of confidence in that. They have been better in the Europa League than they have been in the league in general, yes. too. Um, and that's why I have this as a 3-2. I, I agree with you that Feyenoord are the better team. I think they'll get the three points. They are on the road, though. You know, and I think that can I'm concerned cause a about Michelin's defense here in this one. I am as well. That's why I gave yeah. three goals. Yeah, <laughs> but I, still, I think they're gonna get buried early. I just that's want I, I want the goals to continue in this group. I want it to continue yeah, more to goals. be just absurd. In goals the, are fun. In the final results. So and that's what we come to the Europa League for. You know, yeah. usually. So, so give us goals. So we can watch Galazzo. Just give us goals. Galazzo. All right, Group G. Uh, Freiburg on six points. Karabag and Nans on three. And Olympiakos on none. Uh, we start with, in Germany, Freiburg hosting Nans. Freiburg are sitting pretty atop the Bundes, tied atop the Bundesliga with Union Berlin and atop this group alone. Ooh. Joint fewest goals conceded with Union and Bayern. Wow. Only six through eight league games. Gregoric has been a lovely addition for them this summer. Um, Ford has four goals, look really sharp. Grifo and uh, Ginter continue their, their normal shtick of being good at... The sport. Um, you know, they haven't lost since August 12th in wow. any competition. That's uh, pretty impressive. Where they defeated, where they were defeated by Dortmund in a pretty even affair um, down in South Germany, in the south of Germany. Um, and, you know, they they took the top four challenge down to the last day last year. Uh, I might back them to do it again from what I've seen so far this year. Yeah, they look, they've looked really good in the league, and I expect that will continue. Yeah, this is a tough today. one for Nantes, isn't it? Yeah, Nantes have also been really struggling in the league, and they just haven't balanced your competitions before, and I think that's weighing on them. I don't know if there's anybody on that team that's really done it at any significant level. Um, Freiburg are also just really good, mm-hmm. you know, so that's a difficult challenge for them. But it's not all doom gloom for Nantes. They are... They're underperforming their goal difference. Right now, their goal difference is like mid-table in Liga, mm-hmm. and they are down to 16. So, yeah, and actually tie level on points with relegation spots, yeah. which there are four of this year in France. Mm-hmm. So it's, an, it's a nervy situation. I think a lot of it comes down to they're just over-reliant on 
going to one side. Moses Simon is obviously the key player for this team. He's been playing on the left this year. And despite being just as talented as he was last year, he's just not putting in the insane level he had last year. I mean, he was incredible and dragged them to the spot they finished in. And they are consistently just trying to force the ball over to the left. Uh, Quentin Merlin, the left back, is the most progressive passer on the team. He's also the most progressive carrier on the team. and He's the dribbliest and passiest boy. On the team, yeah. And wow. Moses is third on the team in progressive dribbles as well. So with them both being on the same side, if, if you can shut down that left side of Nantes, you shut down their entire ability to attack, to create. <laughs> and Freiburg are a good enough team. Like you talked about their ability to play defensive when they need mm-hmm. to and their, the lack of goals they've conceded. They're a good enough team to shut down. And I also feel like with to. Freiburg, too, I feel like they, we were wondering, like Olympiakos has been in strike form, which we're about to touch on, mm-hmm. but um, we wondered, I think, three weeks ago, for a team that's not used to being at this level, like what that trip to Greece would be like for them, like how they would handle the pressure of, you know, of an away fixture like that. They looked okay against Karabag the first match day, but not like incredible. And they passed it with flying colors. They dominated that game. Um and so I think I think they're a team, maybe unlike Union, who seems ready for, uh, seems ready to take the next step in Europe. Yeah, yeah the other and they're a little more flexible tactically. So, I agree. Yeah, and I think their tactics fit being the better team mm-hmm. more than Union's do. Yeah, they can well. do a bit. They can do a bit of both, mm-hmm. um, which I think makes them pretty dangerous in a group like this. Yeah, that doesn't otherwise have maybe any team in great form other than Carabag, who. Visit Greece. Oh, we didn't. We gotta drop our actual oh, scoreline yeah. predictions. Duh. We both have this as the same one. I see in the notes. Yeah, two, two nil win for Freiburg seems about right. I don't know if they'll romp, but I think they'll win comfortably at home. Yes. Um, All right, so Karabag. Karabag visiting Olympiakos. This is one I'm very interested in watching. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, one of the more. Maybe it won't be scintillating necessarily. It might be, but it I, mu- I don't think it will. I don't be, think it though. will be. I think it just just <laughs> the for, way other Olympiakos games have been. Yeah, it's just that Olympiakos uh, should be desperate. Um, since we recorded last, they did sack Carlos Corbeon, which we talked about. I think maybe being a possibility, given how bad they started um, after a two-one loss to Aries in the league. He's gone. Um, he was replaced by another Spaniard named Michelle. I don't know who he is or. If he was on the staff, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about him, but he's only managed one match since then, and Which they won over they the won. weekend. Yeah, I um, think one nil. <laughs> I think it was two. It was, was two because Bacambo had a brace, okay, and I okay. had that in the notes, so it had to be two. Okay, and he's a one of the new signings came in from I believe it was Marseille was his last team, mm-hmm. and he's the first one to kind of hit the ground running. Uh, so hopefully that's a sign that they can start putting some other than together. the Wangs. Oh yeah, but um, well the Wangs of the one just one of the, the Wangs, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Wait, other, which was the other one? I don't remember I don't which remember. one's which. That's the issue with them having the same name. <laughs> so it's really difficult to tell them apart on the team sheet. So I can... It's it's difficult. Um, but we Greece a as a whole... life. Yeah. Greece as a whole, I think, really need this game. I was looking at the... Yeah, Greece has been, I think, if we had to pick a loser for the tournament, like for all of European football so far this year, might be Greece. Yeah, you want some facts to back up why they're the losers? Yes, please. Of all the teams, of all the countries that had a team qualified for the group stage, Greece are tied for last in terms of coefficient points. Woo! Despite having four teams make European competitions, only Olympiakos is left. They obviously have not picked up a point. Mm. Only Lithuania has had a similarly bad result. That's Lithuania. They were ranked 34th coming into this year. Oof. Greece was ranked 15th. Oof. 
They've already dropped five spots in the rankings mm. from 15th to 20th, which now has them behind Turkey, about to be passed by Israel and Cyprus, which mm. will make them the worst team in the Eastern Mediterranean. Wow. Uh, and their movement so far this season is only been surpassed by Albania, Belarus, Russia, and Lithuania, the only teams who have dropped more spots. Goddamn. And all but Russia are playing, or like teams that are in like the 30s, where you bounce six, seven spots every year. Mm. You know, because all those teams are getting the same amount in. Uh-huh. But Russia obviously has the whole, we baited Ukraine and now we get limited points thing going on. Because <laughs> They didn't surreal. think of that, did they? No. They didn't think of the I bet if they thought about the ramifications <laughs> on their continental European performances, Putin yeah. would have never done this. <laughs> uh... But basically, it all goes to say Greece needs Olympiakos to pick up some points or they're going to d- drop uh, yeah. further down. And Olympiakos needs Olympiakos to pick up points because yes. if they don't win this game, they're at serious risk of finishing rock bottom in this group. If they don't win this game, they're basically convincing. out at yeah. that point. Like, I mean, you'd think, like, maybe if Nam's also loses, you know, but yeah. um, it's, it wouldn't look good for them. They need I guess if, if they lose, they're yeah. basically out because then Quarabag is six points, right. too. Yeah, right, they need the they need they really need the three points here. Um, Karabag, meanwhile, has impressed us a lot so mm-hmm. far. They look really good in both their group stage matches. Um, narrow loss in Germany, and a really impressive route of Nantes in Azerbaijan. Um, still perfect in the league. Yeah, goal um, difference of bad league, three but, a game. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah, but it's not that. I mean, it's like not the worst league. No, I mean, league. of the leagues with teams still left, it's pretty it bad. Is, it's pretty bad. It's really far down there. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think, uh, I think think there's a chance that they actually grab the result here from what we've seen so far. Um, maybe the new manager bounces enough for Olympiacos, but it seems soon <laughs> for... It seems soon for them to turn anything around that significantly, and I think I'm going to project a 1-1 draw. I... I think I'm doing this partially out of naivete, but I have Olympiacos winning 2-1. I want to see the group get a little mm-hmm. tense, a little tight, and I think having three teams tied in second going into mm-hmm. the second uh, group of games be would exciting. be pretty exciting. Yeah. So I have Olympiacos winning this one. All right. Group H, last yeah, let's round Europa, out League the Europa League group. Ooh, fun. This one's Baron Kovarosh, six points. Trebzonspor in second, tied with Monaco. Both on three points. And then Zervena Zvezda, who I normally call Red Star because it's a lot easier to say, uh-huh. have failed to pick up a point so far. Uh, the first game in this one is going to be Monaco hosting Trebzonspor. Monaco on a good run of league form after a bad mm-hmm. start. Yeah, they've been, uh, they have recent wins against Nice, Lyon, Rems, and Nantes. They've risen to fifth. Um, but they've had some mixed results in the group stage so far. They've only scored one goal. Of course, they've only conceded one goal in those two games as well. Um, but last time out, they had an ugly 1-0 loss to Federn Shvados at home. Um, Such a bad game. It was a bad look for them. They kind of squeaked by Red Star away 1-0, um, which is maybe a little fortunate. Um, they basically, they need this one. If they're going to want, if they want that top spot, and want to avoid the Champions League team uh, in the group stage, or the Sumi's in the knockout stage, or if they even want to get through it all, that kind of, I feel like they have to win this game. Uh, point, again, at home isn't really going to do it. Um, 
So, you know, they need Ben Yedder and, and Bolo to continue good form. Um, meanwhile, Trabzonspor uh, is a point off the four teams tied for the top uh, in the Turkish League right now. Four teams. Um, <laughs> there are something like seven teams, three points apart in the top of the table. Um, but Bishakshu do a game in hand and they're tied Bishakshu to the league, game so... in hand. Uh, the worry for me though is that uh, their goals conceded record is worse than their nearest rivals which is 11 through 8 games um, they do have some positives Anastasios uh, Bacasetas the Greek international been in good form with 3 goals and 2 assists but I, I don't really trust them in Europe at this point still um, you know at least they don't have to worry about the home advantage in Monaco bothering them. Oh, do you remember <laughs> the crowd for the last game? I sure do. <laughs> oh, man. That said, that I do think I'm going to take Monaco 3-1 in this one. I'm going to back their more recent form, and I'm not going to back Trabzonspor Sport on the road. I'm on a pretty anti-Monaco kick at the moment, I know which I have. get into. Yeah, you have a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, it's probably three-quarters of the time I'm on an anti-Monaco kick, I would say. But I'm also you know on a little bit of a pro-Turkish kick kick in the European competitions. I feel like they've been overperforming expectations in the group stage mm-hmm. after disappointing qualifiers. So I think Trebs on Sport will get a point here. I'm going to go 1-1. Love it. Red Star. Benchvados. Uh Red Star obviously smashes everyone in the league. Um, so it's kind of hard to predict what how they match up against teams from real leagues. Um, maybe a little harsh on. Um, but yeah, they narrowly lost at home to Monaco. Um, and, uh, narrowly lost to Turkey or in Turkey as well. Um, so zero points is maybe a little bit harsh on mm-hmm. how good they've been. So, and I think there's, I think the motivation of, you know, it's kind of a winner go home situation here. They kind of, they kind of need to put their foot down here. Um, so otherwise they're not going to advance. Venezuela's meanwhile proved a very feisty bunch so far. Um, also impos- impossible to tell how their league re- performance relates to Europe since, uh, they bossed their league too. 18 goals, three conceded um, so far. Um, they did finally lose a game in the league over no. the weekend. Yeah. Conceded their second and third goals of the season <laughs> to uh, to Kekskemedi, Kek- Kek- who's in second right behind them. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Maybe this on the be road. a little, little tense yeah. um, the Hungarian season. Overall, I think, from what I've seen, I would expect Venezuela to finish ahead of Red Star in this group at this point, but because Red Star's backs are against the wall and they have one of the crazier home atmospheres, yeah. I'm going to back them to win 2-1. Yeah, I think everyone on this podcast knows my love of the Serbian crowds. <laughs> they're incredible. Yeah. I think they're going to push their team to victory here. I have Sylvanas Vesta winning 2-1. Savista. I think I nailed that pronunciation. All right, well, we've spent long fucking enough on the Europa League. Yeah, should we Let's take, move a, on to the take a quick League. break and come back for the Conference League? Do, do, After do, this do, message do, from our sponsors. Do, do, do. All right, moving on finally to the Europa Conference League. Group A features Basak Shahir in first with six points, Hearts with three, RFS and Fiorentina with one. <laughs> Eesh. Um, yeah, so RFS hosting Basak Shahir. Um, Shakshi have been really good this season in Turkey so far. I'm pretty sure they're one of only three teams who are unbeaten in both domestic and European mm-hmm. competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd buy that. Yeah, I believe. Well, no, that 
might not be true by the time this comes out because I think Benfica still have games to play in the Champions League. That could result in a loss because they're playing PSG. Mm-hmm. Um, but Napoli are the third team, and they've allowed their first goal of the season <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, did best shock to here, so it's, so it's all be, downhill. It's all downhill. Yeah, it's all falling apart. It's yeah. gonna be really tough for RFS to break this team down. Uh, so tough that we haven't even remembered to write notes about poor RFS. Yeah. Tells you how it's, we think this game it's is going to be a rough go. game for them, I think. Um, just some players, if you do watch this, to keep your eye out for. Ndeya Shimie is a Burundian 23-year-old defender. Burundian? Yes. That's exciting. I know. That's why I picked him. Also because <laughs> he's been really good for Bisakshi here. He gives me like a little bit It's not bit just of... because of his race. You've also picked him based no, on... No, yeah. It's not just his ethnicity. <laughs> it's like a little bit because of that, but... <laughs> I think he... He's a great defender, obviously. Everyone on the Bechakshia backline is. <laughs> yeah. But he also possesses the ability to pass and to move up the field and cause problems from the midfield. Gives me a little bit of those like David Oliva vibes in how he can play for Austria in the midfield and then go back to playing. A little versatile. Yeah, playing defender for Positionless. Madrid. Yes. Uh, the other one, Berkey Oskan. I think everyone uh, who has listened to us has heard his name come up a couple times. The Berks. At least. That's what they call him. Just been really good the last two years. That's what uh, that's what Erdogan calls them, the Burks. The Burks, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have Bishakta here winning this three 0 I have them four 0 All right. Uh, Hearts hosting Fiorentina, Tyne Castle. Um, it's a tough ask. Should be a good affair. Good. Anything's possible. Um, Hearts aren't in the best form. No, they got they? dominated by Rangers. <laughs> yeah. There was a red card in there, but I'm pretty uh, sure Rangers had two goals already. Didn't they also lose 4-0 with a red card to Celtic recently? Yes. <laughs> so the going rate they're so They're so clearly a step behind. Everyone in Scotland yeah. is so far behind the old firm right now. It's kind of it's... the going rate. And it's like, uh, it's like in, uh, you know how you, when you forfeit, you lose like 3-0 or whatever? You might as well. It might, it might actually serve them better. <laughs> yeah, to just say, all right, we won't play against Rangers You, you might Celtic. save we'll... some goal differential in the, t- in the standings. Yeah. Save some goal differential, be a little rested for your mid-table games. Mm-hmm. Uh, their offense, I think we've seen it when they play some of the bigger teams. It isn't always very good. We saw it against Bishakshi here. They couldn't really create much. And when they played Celtic and Rangers, they just don't have the tactics and the quality to create outside of maybe some individual moments of brilliance, like if Barry McKay or Alan Forrest are able to do something stupendous. But the Fiorentina backline has been pretty good. So I think that it's unlikely for Hearts to get more than a goal in this game. That being said, a goal might be all it takes because Fiorentina are so bad at scoring. <laughs> Max, do you know uh, who on their team has scored more than one goal this season? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> no one has scored more than one goal a season. Their number one striker, Arthur uh-huh. Cabral, zero goals. <laughs> Luka Jovic at least has one. Um, but who knows? Nico Gonzalez is probably the only player that possesses any finishing ability. He was left on the bench against Atalanta. He's been coming back from injury, so who knows if maybe they'll risk playing him for some bit of this game. Uh, and they they do create chances. They just can't finish them. Their XG in the league so far this year is 10.9, and they've only scored seven goals. Yeesh. Yeah. Uh, they can't even score penalties, and it's both of theirs in the league so far. They're, what are they, Wolves? Their shot total, yeah. <laughs> Except 
might be worse at scoring. <laughs> Their shot total per 90 is 15.75, which is fourth Actually, in Serie A. I'll interject here, but no, Wolves only have three goals this season. Wolves only have three goals this season? Jesus yep. Christ. But yeah. That's really bad. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, that distracted me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's, that's so bad. That's it's, so it's bad. At least Wolves are in the relegation zone. Fiorentina yeah. are still somehow just a mid-table yeah. team. Um, but yeah, they only get about a third of their shots on target, which is abysmal. Um, this is one where I think Fiorentina will really struggle to score, even though hearts aren't particularly good defensively because Fiorentina are just that bad. <laughs> at so incompetent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, their defense has been like really just up and yeah. down, you know, it's been inconsistent and if, if they have a good day, they could definitely pitch a shutout mm-hmm. against Fiorentina. But I still think Fiorentina take this one nothing. I don't see Hearts. Yeah, I don't see it goal. for Hearts. Yeah, I don't see it for Hearts. I'm taking Fiorentina two nil yeah. in a shocking display of 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 clinical attacking. But, Not much. Just a. Li- I think one is going to be a penalty. Okay. Well, and I think one we is going to be an own goal. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, just find a way to not let anybody else score a second yeah. goal. Is... <laughs> one is going to be an own goal. If Hearts do get a result, though, they're in a great position in this group. Yeah, yeah. Because you have to, you just beat up, you beat RFS twice, um, and yeah. If they get a result here, they'll be probably at least on seven points at the end of the group stage, which mm-hmm. could be enough the way Fiorentina's been playing. Yeah, but um, yeah, big one for that. Group B, West Ham on top with six, Underlecht somehow have four points, uh, Stout Bucharest with one, Silkeborg in last. Last, oh, none. sad poor boys. Uh, Underlecht hosts West Ham here. Uh, I remarked I was surprised Anderlecht have four points here because they've been so shite. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, domestically they've been yeah. terrible. So bad. Tenth now. Yeah. And it's it got worse. Another team dropped, doesn't score. Yeah. They dropped three points to Charlevoix on at home. And Charlevoix. 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 What? Fabio Silva. We talked about him being pretty exciting. Seemed like he got off to a good start when he got there. It's really dried up for him. He's, he's back. Gonna... He's back to never, never finishing. Yeah, back to his wolves form. Mm-hmm. It's hard to shake off, honestly. Yeah, you talked about them not scoring, but they haven't allowed a goal in the conference league group stages so far. There so you that's, go. You know that's gonna end today on Thursday. Probably will. <laughs> uh, Enjoy Ham, it while they well it lasts. I underlect fans. West Ham, despite their struggles as well in the league, they have been pretty good in the conference league with two controlled. Wins, I would yeah. say not. I wouldn't say like, not super impre- impressive. Yeah, not not super clinical from them. But both very think. deserved wins. Yeah, they were the so. better team and proved it. Yeah, um, you'd hope so. They got some. Of, they've been like a little noise, I think, coming up about David Moyes because mm-hmm. of their performances in the league. But yeah, they got not. that pushed away for a while. I think just by getting three points mm-hmm. in their last game, and Skamaka scored his first league goal, I believe. So maybe he can push on from there. And now that we are a bit. Of the way into the season for West Ham, I was wondering what you think of their signings because you watch a lot more of the Prem than I do. Mm-hmm. So you know, with like Paqueta and Skamaka, players yeah, like that. I'd say the Skamaka stood out more so far, but he's had more go of it than Paqueta. I think Paqueta will end up being pretty clearly their most crucial arrival because he's so much better than anybody else they have in those <laughs> positions. Like I and I figured maybe West Ham had a little bit of like. Wolves Fiorentina situation, they're just not finishing finishing XG, but their XG is quite low too. It's like well bottom half, fifteenth or sixteenth in the league so far. So they're clearly lacking that bit of creativity in the midfield right now and control and like quality in the attacking half, I think. And Paqueta, you know, he's like 
he's like going to be a starter for Brazil in the World Cup. He's in great form for every time he plays for his country. I think like honestly, such a coup that they got him at all. Like, because he should be he. You'd think he would go to, you know, a top six, top five, top six team, um, in any league that he goes to. So I think once he settles, he's only played. He's only has four appearances so far. Once he settles. Uh, I'd be shocked if he doesn't make a huge difference in them pushing back to top half this year, um, especially feeding like Skamaka Antonio. Like I'm sure they'll appreciate that. <laughs> Somebody yeah. actually feed them a little bit. Even people like Jared Bowen who haven't had much of a kick of it. Um, Jared Bowen too will be desperate to get back into the England spot. Probably won't, but um, so I think it's Paqueta for sure long term. Okay. Skamaka yeah, did been, score on the weekend. I have been wondering if they're playing Paqueta in the right spot because mm-hmm. they've been playing him as a 10, like a true 10. Mm-hmm. And when I watched him at Milan and at, with Brazil and back in France, I always felt like his best performances came when he was on the wing. Mm. You know, and given... Because it gives him a little more individual space to operate mm-hmm. than through the middle of the field. And I think when he has that space, he can create a lot more and can really do... He plays in a double pivot for, for Brazil. He's been playing left wing for them too, though. Yeah, yeah, that's where I think he's been. He doesn't use, yeah. I mean, Vinicius, that's Vinicius' spot. Yes, yeah. But he's shown up on the left wing a lot yeah. for Brazil, and that's when I've always been most impressed by him. He's yeah. played everywhere for that Brazil yeah, team. Yeah, he does. I'd say, like, when, when they're playing a particularly attacking lineup, is a little bit of a tangent. Like, Neymar will sometimes drop into the 10. Yeah. And in that case, he plays in, he usually plays in the double the pivot, pivot yeah. with, like, Casemiro. Yeah. Um, but if they're playing a better team, I think they'll probably go with a more defensive. That's neither here nor there. We'll get to that. But yeah. I think. Paqueta, short answer. I have West okay. Ham three one. Nice. I have West Ham two one. It's weird that we both think Anderlecht will score though. Yeah. I feel like we just West Ham know. have kind of put on a thing where they, they give up. Like they give up a cheap a roller too. Yeah. yeah. That's what they've been doing in in the couple of games so far. Yeah. Uh, they did it in both games. Um, right. So move on to the other game, Silkborg and Stal Bucharest. Yeah. Uh, uh, start with Silkborg. The Danish league's been very strange so far, um, but Silkborg. Sitting four points off the top, they've been pretty good in the league. Uh, Nicholas Hellenius leads the line with five goals. Um, right back, uh, Oliver Sana has been good. He's just 21. Um, surprising he hasn't gotten any like youth calls to the Danish team. That is surprising. Um, Silkborg are a big team, too, so it's not like he's stuck at yeah, like a big-ish, big-ish team. Yeah. Yeah. Another 21-year-old like uh, on the team is Anders Kling, uh, who's the sixth. I know, funny name, Kling. Uh, uh, Kling on to this. He's the Silkeborg six. He's another. He's another youth, who who could be a factor uh, in uh, at a higher level later in his career. Uh, this is a big chance for them to go after three points. I think they've been a little better than zero points suggests, um, and I think they're gonna get it done here. Yeah, Stout Bucharest not been very good in Romania this year. They're thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Just feels yeah. so wrong That's to bad. see them down there. Uh, Radio League is kind of a mess right now, yeah. too. There's 16 points behind the leaders. Jesus Christ. Right now. <laughs> and they're already seven behind University Tatai Craiova, who are uh, in the last championship group spot. I think wow. I said the wrong city at the end of there, because I'm yeah, pretty probably. sure that's a Polish city. Craiova. University Tatai Craiova. Isn't that the team in Poland? I don't know. Pretty sure there's. it's a different... I think it's a different team than oh. the one we just mentioned, but... Ah. No, no, no. I believe that's a team, but I'm pretty sure they're Polish. Romanian. Oh, they are Romanian. Okay, good. 
Good. All right, I, I said the right team. There we go. And then I embarrassed myself by thinking I was wrong. It's a lack of confidence that kills me. Uh, I think in this game, you have two teams that are going to be desperate for three points. And because a draw hurts both of them a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? A draw means you're going to stay at least two points behind second place. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, a big chance to... Uh... Anderlecht will probably lose and drop goal differential. Big chance to go meet them in the middle of the group. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly why I think this will be a draw. Love the root logic. I'm just going to take Silkeborg. I think they deserve a little something. something. Mm-hmm. And I don't like bad vibes, bro. Yeah, bad I don't like the bad. bad vibes. Bad vibes are bad. Group C, Villarreal, six points. Lech, three. Beersheva, one. Austria Vienne, somehow, also one. We're talking about bad vibes. Austria Vienne have some bad, bad vibes. vibes. Right and they're going to get worse. But you could learn all about the bad vibes if you listen Indeed. to our Austria Vienn Club Spotlight, Club Spotlight that just number came four, out. just wow. came out on Monday. It's really fucking awesome. So relevant. You should listen uh, to it. And the it, vibes are going to get worse for them. They because will. Because they're going to Villarreal. Mm-hmm. It might be a bit too early to say Villarreal are struggling right now, but they have hit a little bit of a wobble. A little bit of a wobble. Oh. Um, no wins domestically in the last No three. wins domestically? Mm-hmm. Period? Period. They have no wins? In the last three. <laughs> Uh, one of those was a draw to Cadiz. The other two were... The Cadiz was unfortunate. Yeah, the other two were bigger teams, so it's not yeah. too big Most of a word. Sevilla. Most Sevilla, well, yeah. Sevilla's a bottom three team. Are they right now still? Jeez. Correct. Wow. Um, but yeah, Cadiz is the big, the bad look there. The big bad look. They also lead La Liga in big chances missed. They do. Villarreal. 22. And you know what? That's Usually you see that with teams that are top of the league anyway, but they are seven higher than Barca and Madrid. Yeah. And second and third. That's one of the stats. So that means they're creating the chances, which is good. It means they're doing something right. That one stands out. And Um, I think we've seen that a little bit in the Conference League sometimes. mm Because we've seen them just play such exciting creative soccer that they're going to miss a lot of chances. But in the Conference League, they're at least converting most of those. Although, their two games have been a little spicy. A little spicy. A little closer than they probably Well, in the league, we see them. I feel like they've been pretty solid in the back. But they're not finishing their chances. In Europe... They seem to be finishing all their chances, but sort of losing focus in the back. Mm-hmm. It's just weird sort of like alternate reality they're living in in the Europa League. Um, but I don't think this is a game they'll have to work. Like when Lech came to town and they somehow conceded three goals to them. Um, like uh, the table. So we got out of the bottom. They got out of the bottom. They they're, they're, they're not in 18th or 17th. Uh, but yeah, with Austria and Vienna coming to town, I think this is going to be a goal fest for them. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a big old party. I have them winning 5-1. I think the only way Austria get anything out of this is if Villarreal are like, so overly preoccupied with playing Sociedad on the weekend, who are you know kind of a rival for those Europa League spots right now. But I think they can do that, play, play their B team and still win I think win they can still win the game playing their B uh, team because Austria you know, just don't got it. They don't got it. They don't got it. I don't like bad um, vibes. They bro. got dominated by Stern Graz over the weekend, yeah, which it's not good. I Villarreal. I only have a three-one because I think they've kind of taken. You their have foot some off. allegiance to them after doing the club yeah, spotlight. Exactly, and I think Villarreal have a tendency to take their foot off the pedal a little bit in these uh, games. This is so. my prediction with them with their foot <laughs> off the <laughs> <Yeah>. pedal. <laughs> but yeah, um, this will be interesting. Both think they'll lose focus at one point. Though. The more interesting game is Lech Poznan hosting. Hapoel Beersheba. Um, weirdly, Lech are, uh, hasn't been doing that great in the league. They're 10th, but to be fair, they're six points off the top with the game in hand, so it's not actually like they're in 10th. Um, but they've been really entertaining in the competition so far. Um, again, putting three 
past Virial in a, in a loss in Spain and then kind of smacking around Austria. Um, Beersheva, meanwhile, um, had a pretty real go at Virial at home mm-hmm. three weeks ago. Um, and I think did themselves proud in a loss. Um, they sit three points off the top of their domestic table through six. I don't I literally don't know anything else about them. Like it's kind of hard to find stuff about the Israeli league, um, yeah, which is weird because it is weird, right? It isn't a terrible league. Yeah. It's just it's. They also played to a really stale draw with Austria Vienna in the first fixture, so I have some suspicion that their away form is a little tame, and they have a pretty good home atmosphere. So I think that contributed to the Viral performance. I think I'm gonna back Leck here. Just on the basis of um, what we've seen in the competition, rather than what we're seeing in domestic leagues, um, I have Lech two one, choo choo on the Lech train, choo choo. Uh, fun thing I learned about. Also, we saw that drone footage of the Lech Austria oh, game. Yeah, they look, pretty cool. They look they that pretty, up if you haven't great seen fans. it. Uh, fun fact I learned about Hapoel Beersheva while well, actually doing my research for Austria VN and listening to someone talk about what they thought Austria might do in the group stages. Is that Beersheba is the southernmost team in UEFA? Woohoo! So that's like a cool, golf clap. Yeah, that's a cool fun fact Good for you. Good for them. Um, I think that Beersheba can take this one. I think this game is really, really important, though. I think if whoever wins it, if a team wins this Could game, take. yeah, if a team wins this game, they're going through this group. That's my prediction. Okay. Whoever, yeah. assuming it's not a draw, whoever wins will go through. And I think Beersheba. Have what it does. Have what it takes to go through. They have what it does, baby. What it do? They have what it does. I have them winning two one. Second. Group D. We have Colm on four points, Partizan on two points, Nice, not that nice. Not that nice. On two points, Slovako, even less nice. Slovako. On oh, I wouldn't say that. Another team we have a club spotlight on. Go check it out. Yeah, you should go watch that. Um, Slovako. Hosting Nice. Uh, Slovakia are kind of predictably struggling in their league a bit right now. As we predicted, the work-life balance of domestic and uh, and European leagues uh, can be challenging on newcomers. Uh, especially with, uh, what was it, only like something like 13 non-coach-related staff. Yeah, they do like, not have a It's a very out small club. Back room of that club. It's a very small club. And actually, they've been pretty exciting in the group stage so far, which I didn't really expect. Yeah. They had a wild 3 3 draw with Partizan it was involving red the, cards. One yeah. of the games of the round. For yeah, sure. and another one was their 4 2 loss at Cologne three weeks ago, which they actually, I think 4 2 doesn't really do them justice. I think they were actually pretty fun. And that game could have flipped in any direction. Um, and Nice are in such bad form that, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe they can get Fav fired this week. Well, I think Fav bought himself a little bit of time with a really good performance they had against PSG, even though they lost. Kind of got the critics to stop talking Not for this a while. one. Not that one. And I don't think you'll ever stop talking about him. He sucks. Uh, yeah. Well, he, you want to know how we know he sucks? Because they've only scored six goals so far this year. That's bad. In That's Liga, bad. Which is a pretty goal. How come so right many now. of these? How come so many of these conference league teams <laughs> can't fucking score? <laughs> They're What's actually going on. Oh man, these are only one point out of the relegation spot right now. They are. Yeah. So it's been a really bad eight points season. They've 
and their goal scoring is, I mean, they, they're underperforming their XG by around three, which is a lot when you've only scored six goals. That's <laughs> 50% of your goals that you could be adding. But that actually would not. It's not that great. No, it would still be nine XG, which is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would still be like fifth bottom yeah. in the league. I think Andy Glort just like isn't good enough right now to be at the level that needs him to be at. He's 30. He's taking a the bit of a lower. step. That back this season, I don't know what happened, man. <laughs> Pepe has also just been really wasteful. Like he's at least getting into chances and creating stuff individually, but he's just been really wasteful. Do you think he was worth the seventy-five million? No. <laughs> uh, what? Pretty much all their big name signings have been disasters. Well, they didn't pay seventy-five million for yeah. him. Arsenal. No, did. Arsenal did. But it, he's one of the big name guys that came back. To sure. The club, right. And he they hasn't a very, been we've that talked great. About Ross this Barkley too. hasn't been. They, they had good. a very confusing window where they transitioned from see like collecting a lot of cool young kids who are like either up and coming or sort of reinventing themselves from bigger clubs where they didn't do that well you know the casper dolbergs of the world and it was really working with a fun exciting manager like galtier mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they bring in all these like oldies from from bigger leagues and it's like and it's clearly hasn't worked <laughs> no so it, we i think a lot of people are in in league on circles are questioning the decision making Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, um, these yeah, have a huge potential as a club right now. They have a really rich owner and like stability that a lot of top French clubs don't have who aren't mm-hmm. named PSG. Yeah. So, and they're totally wasting it right now. Yeah. And they just play boring stuff. They it's do. It's so, it's so dreadful. safe. And I saw, I was looking up their stats, right. To talk about them and over every player is over 80% passing ratio, which just to me says you're not letting anybody except yeah. the Lord, but he's a single striker. The so he's Lord. never going to be anywhere near that number. Uh, but it just means you're not letting anybody be adventurous with their passes. Nobody's creating anything. Nobody's taking chances in the team, and it's resulting in them just being stagnant offensively. You know what I'd call that? Delame. Yeah, got him. High five. Um, speaking of lame, to hear the breaking news that came in pro- like an hour ago. No. I missed. Uh, Aaron Judge broke the AL home. Oh, goddamn it. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Uh, yeah, I told you. It was lame. <laughs> but, so I actually, after we shit on these for that long, I feel like we have to pick against them, which is why I have a 1-1 draw. I have a 2-2 draw. Ooh. Uh, you, that's a lot of goals for Nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But, you know what? That's been Slovakia's vibe. I'm mm-hmm. riding the wave. Yeah. Uh, Cologne, partisan. Uh, Cologne are kind of... Not that exciting to talk about right now because I feel like they're exactly where you expect them to be in all competitions. They're like seventh in the Bundesliga. They're playing good, but not great. They have pretty their their stats suggest that they should be in seventh in the Bundesliga. Uh, they got a nice comeback win over the weekend against Dortmund, though, winning three two at they home. Don't mean fire Terzic. That was it's not a manager. You don't like Terzic. He's not a manager. He's <laughs> not a manager. He should he should be in the back room. He's a director, uh, not a manager. I. No comment on that, but yeah, Cologne, that was fun for them. They had good atmosphere, as yeah. usual. Usual suspects, it could work. Florian Kynes, three goals, four assists. Dejan Lubicic, three goals. They both scored against Dortmund. Mm. Um, Partizan have been solid in the league, but not overwhelmingly so. Yeah, you'd expect them to be up in first fourth, or second with second. Red Star. Yeah. They'd be in second. Yeah. They're always in second. Well, it's still Literally early. every it's year. It's still early, so they're still challenging. Yeah. I mean, they, it's like they're basically point. the same on the same points. It's second and third, so whatever. Yeah. The draw against Nice... I thought it was promising for them, but this is likely their toughest fixture in the group stage. Um, and I don't 
Yeah, like you said, you think it's the top of Spectrum Group Stage. I agree with you, but I yeah. think the the reverse of this tie is the one to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this should be Cone pretty easily. Yeah. I think when it goes back to Serbia, then there might be a chance for Partizan to grab the big scalp. Right. Uh, but I have this one as Cone. Grab the big scalp. Is that racism? No, it's... I mean, it probably is connected <laughs> to all anti-indigenous. Yeah, that's right. But we still use it what as you, What are you, a Commander's fan? The commies? Uh, I stopped being a fan of this three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, kidding. I'm from Baltimore. I hate the. I hated them long but, before they changed. But them. not because of the racism. Yeah, I just hated them because they were from because DC. football. Yeah, uh, Cologne hasn't been like entirely convincing in this group. You know, they were a little sloppy against Slovakia. So I think maybe Partizan gets a goal, but they win two one. Yeah, I have three one. Cool. Group B. Group B is AZ. Alkmaar sits atop six, six points. Dini Pro one. Not one point, but three points. Three points. Apollon. Limassol. They have one. Vaduz. They got a point. They got a point. So exciting. They're going to get more, I'm telling yeah. you. Um, let's start with uh, Apollon Limassol visiting AZ Alkmaar. Yeah. Uh, AZ Alkmaar have kind of been the story of the Dutch League so far. They've been good. They're in they're, first. Yeah. Topping it. They beat Ajax 2-1 mm-hmm. recently, so maybe they can make a bit of a title race. Hot take. Is there yeah. a title race on? Not PSV, it looks sort of like the best team in the league to me. And uh, mm-hmm. like we said, AZ and PSV played out a pretty crazy, uh, yeah. pretty crazy, no, that was Feyenoord, never mind. But Feyenoord's mm-hmm. good, AZ's good, 20's good. Every, there's like sort of actual, like tangible competition for access, which is exciting, yeah. but besides the point. There's lots of really good teams there, but I still think Ajax are probably, probably too oh. good. Uh, that being said... AZ had been pretty good, but I think their scoreline against Vaduz was what was the final four one in that one or something like that. I th- yeah, they almost succumbed to Vaduz yeah. magic in that it, game. It's a bit of a deceptive scoreline that one was. Vaduz were in that until yeah. the red card. Uh, they're been really good defensively though, so I don't think that this is a game that they could drop. I, I think when you're really solid defensively, yeah. it protects you from these upsets. In a way that having great attacking teams doesn't necessarily do. And I'm also really confident in Azed's midfield. Rinders and DeWitt in particular have been yeah. incredible this season. I love me some DeWitt. And then another player I want to highlight. Bound for the national team. I think he should be. He another be. player I want to highlight is Milos Kerkes. 18-year-old Hungarian left back. He came from the Milan Youth Academy over the summer mm, wow. for very cheap. Nice. That was a bit of a steal for them. Mm-hmm. And he just made his debut for the Hungarian national team at only 18 years old. Is that when they smacked around Germany? It is when they smacked nice. around Germany. So it's a great debut for him. And I think he's got a lot of potential. He can be a really, really good player. So keep an eye out for him. Well, as much as Alkmaar has going for them, Apollon can claim to be a team as well. They are. I um, think they are. They got off to a really good start to the group where they drew Fidus, <laughs> who are second bottom. In the second Swiss tier, and lost to Dini Pro, a team that hadn't played in seven hundred years. Um, so that's not great. They're gonna lose three 0 Yeah, I also had it down as three 0 How's that a good team? Dini Pro, as I mentioned, haven't played in a couple of years, but uh, now that they're playing again, they're pretty good. Yeah. They've won all four league games with no conceded goals. Wow, that is um, impressive. And after getting off to a bit of a uh, rusty looking start in this competition, they've looked pretty good too. Um, they got a solid performance against Alkmaar. They only lost one nil. Can they? They should win this game, but can they withstand the magic? 
from a team that is kind of the opposite of Dnipro in the league, a team that has not won a game mm-hmm. in their league yet, which not is won not a game. the top division. It's the second tier. They're in ninth of ten teams. And if they're still putting in competitive performances <laughs> in the group stage games against teams that are topping the Dutch division. It's one of the great mysteries of modern civilization. And also, even though they haven't won a game, they're not even last yeah. in that. Who is last? Zamix. <laughs> Yeah, we've, that's close <laughs> enough, probably. They have one point. <laughs> yeah. Oof, man. Uh, I got Dini Pro 3-1. I have it 2-1, I think. This is another one where Badoos keep it close, but just can't quite... Can't quite, can't quite get the full uh, three points. Group F. Group F. Uh, Ghent and Drew Gardens are tied atop this group on four points right now, and they are actually the first game in this one as well. Does anyone know mm-hmm. if it's Drew Gardens or Drew Garden? I don't. I see. I them alternate both. every time. I, I see them yeah, both. And I know. I get so confused. I don't know which it is. If if anyone's out there as a Jurgarden slash fan, yeah, please let us know. I think I'm just gonna have to start tweeting with it in parentheses. Yes, <laughs> please let us know. But um, they play and Mold and Shamrock both on one point. They're the other picture. Uh, cool. The Ghent Jurgarden that is in Ghent for this match week. Ghent have sucked all season, pretty much. Yeah. You know, this weekend they lost four three at home to Strickle Brugge. Ugh. Who are in like the bottom five in that league? Uh, the only bright spot is Hugo Kuipers. He has seven goals and ten That's up front. Um, I don't know how. I mean, I was so surprised in remembering that they had four points in this group that I had to go and look up their past fixtures. <laughs> um, it was a draw with Molda, and they beat Shamrock at home. So yeah. it's not that impressive. No, it's not that impressive. Uh, you know who has been impressive the whole Jurgen. season? Yeah, less so than the European competitions. Jurgardens are top of the Swiss league right now, but it's entering kind of crunch time. Um, so I think I this, like crunchy things. Yeah. You like crunchy things? I love a good crunch bar. Yeah. Oh, that used to be one of my favorite candies. That and Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I don't know about that one, Tay. But a milky way. We'll move past it. We'll move past um, it. Yeah. Whatever. Jurgardens did lose embarrassingly to dark Milky Way. The dark chocolate. Oh ones. yeah. I do like the those midnight too. ones. Yes. Those are good. That's good mm-hmm. shit. I like a regular Milky Way too, but those dark ones. Yeah, that's special. that's that's next level. Can't have them every time, but it's next level. Mixing one in, oh. uh, you know what wasn't next level was Jure Garden's performance against Dagger Fours. Dagger Fours. Uh, that, that sounds like a Star Wars name. It does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was really bad. They uh, could have put themselves in a great position to win the league if they won that game, mm. but now they have to host Hocken. Mm. next Saturday with both teams on 48 points for the top of the league. I know that's what and it'll I be. And I think um, that could be their main focus. Yeah. So that's why I have Ghent winning 2 nothing. I think Jurgardens are going to focus yeah. on winning the league. That's a fair take. Uh, and that'll be the game I have on on Saturday for sure. Yeah. Um. You know, I just, I really don't like Ghent right now. So <laughs> I'm just going to pick against them. 2-1 Jurgardens. All right. <laughs> Fuck it. I you probably should have gone with the draw. But... Molda hosts Shamrock and I don't want to That's usually get... a, good, a good thing to do. Yes, I don't want to get too deep into this game because it's a waste. Shamrock is so bad on the road in Europe. Yeah, when it goes back to Ireland, though, then we can talk about it next week. Yeah, but uh, right now, Molda have been really good too. Molda are also only four points away from clinching the league title. Two so golf club. Congratulations to them that they should hold on to that. Shamrock are five games left in the league and they're five points ahead of Derry City, so they are on their way Woo-hoo. to looking like they're going to grab another one. Should I bet on them in this game, dude? I, um, I mean, they're plus one thousand. <laughs> we get crazy. our odds from Odds Checker, and we use the U.S. based system. So, 
if you are betting the U.S., you can get Shamrock for plus 1,000. If you feel really good about him this week. Yeah. If you uh, say, you know what, I, Mold don't have it. What is a draw? A draw was, oof, let me go Let me go bring that up. Anyway, I have Molda 4-0. I have Molda only 3-0. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good see. for them. Good Got for them. Draw at plus 470. Okay. Still good odds. But I don't like that. I wouldn't incredible. bet that. No. I'd bet. I'd bet thousand to one just for yeah. the shits. Shamrock are the second lowest odds to win. Only Australia. Maybe we should both put. Maybe if we both put a five dollar bet on Shamrock, we could yeah. take ourselves out to something nice. If, oh yeah. If we. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Group G: Slavia, Prague, and Sivaspor top with four. Balkania and Cluj behind them with one apiece. Sivaspor hosts Balkani. Um, it's uh might be bordering on panic time for Sivaspor in the Turkish league. Yeah, they're not good. They are really bad there. The group, though, they've been fine because the group is not that good. It's a bad group. Yeah, it's a really um, bad group. But for Sivaspor, just in general, usually when teams are sitting well down below the expectation, you're like, oh, they must be doing like one thing wrong, like they can't finish or they're letting in a ton of goals. It's everything. They don't possess the ball well. They don't finish well. They don't defend well. Yeah. They get. It's not a very good team. They get blown out by the good teams. How did they win the cup last year? <laughs> don't know. I guess they were like technically a top half team last year. They finished tenth, but yeah. they're like we keep reiterating this. But they're not really meant to be in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this is kind of a once in a generation thing for them. It seems like. And they're making um, the most of it because they're looking like they'll be in a good position to qualify. And yeah, and to be fair to them, they are like. They are, yeah, they should still qualify here. Yeah. And, and they're playing Balkani, who are probably not the quality of the Turkish league. So Sivaspor should But be have, to, to be fair to them, too, very competitive in all of their European games. Yes, so far. Have They've surprised us a couple of times mm-hmm. um, in qualifying, and they picked up a point last week. Um, I can't remember to who. Cluj? To Cluj? Yes. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um, and Sivaspor, I think, at home, I think it's a pretty bad team. They should win this 2 nothing, but their performances against bad teams in Turkey make me a little hesitant to pick them in this. I'm going 1-1. One, one. Ooh. You're on the upset, upset train today, aren't you? Loving your upset picks today. Uh, the other game, the other game of this is Slavia hosting Cluj. What do you think is going to happen in this one? Yeah, Slavia is pretty fucking good right now in the league. They're in a good battle at the top with uh, Pilsen, who of course are in the Champions League this season uh, and won the league last year. Uh, they're a point off Pilsen with an extra game played, but they have scored a remarkable 34 goals through 10 games. The plus 25 goal differential. You know what that says to me? What? That says you're conceding almost a goal a game. <laughs> they have a couple of sixes and sevens sprinkled wow. in there. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Actually, it's an astounding number. Um, but their UECL form hasn't been totally spotless. They got a draw in Turkey. Narrow 3-2 win over Balkani. Um, but you have to like them here. Um, Cluj, um, their competition are... I don't know if you know this. In Romania. Whoa, wait, really? Yeah. Who's from Romania? Um, and because of that, I have them scoring one goal and conceding four. 4-1 <laughs> Slavia. Yeah. Yeah, before we go shooting on the Romanian league all that much, there's some worse leagues coming up. 
Oh yeah, yeah. don't worry about also it. In the group don't even worry so about it. Speaking of Balkani, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I agree with you. Slavia winning this one three one. Cool. Yeah, I think they might underperform their goals per game ratio. And but so we're uh, <laughs> maybe maybe I have them I have them overperforming. Yeah. Um. So down to we saved the best for last here. The best group, group in all of Europe. Group each of the Conference League features Basel with six points, Punic with three. And Zagoras and Slava and Bratislava with one apiece. What a what a collection of teams we have here, real world beaters. Um, and let's start in Switzerland, as Basel welcome Bratislava. Nah, I'm done. Oh, no, okay. I'm done. No, uh, I thought you were going to take this one. Sorry. I was, but then I decided I didn't want to at the moment. Um, Basel did eke out a home win over St. Gallen, who are ahead of them in the table. Uh, they beat them three two despite getting out xg'd. Uh, so their third win on the bounce moves them up to fifth overall. So maybe they're turning their form around a bit after a poor start to the season. Um, and obviously they've taken care of business in this group so far. Um, you know, wins over over uh, Punic and Zalgaris. Slavon, meanwhile, just fucking lame, a little disappointing lame team in the yeah. conference league. Yeah, they they've been bad. They've been playing really boring and inefficient soccer when we kind of watch them. So I've been seen... wondering, they you know they're winning the league a lot, so are they like yeah. the Juve? Slovakia. Let us know in the comments down below. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they also haven't scored in the group yet. Mm-mm. I don't want to say, yeah. I Like, I don't want their performance to be an indictment of the Slovakian League, but they are about to, to fair, run away with their fifth title in a row, so it probably is. And to be fair, I Bratislava in past years have been much more competitive. <laughs> yes. yeah. They're having a down year in the competition. I think that'll continue. But I don't think it'll be very fun. I have Basel 1 0. Uh, it's going to be 2 1. Definitely gonna... skip this game. Yeah. Uh, Punic, to wrap us up, this is... hosts Zagoras. This is a fun one. Yeah, you have this down as your uh, Stone Cold Hipster matchup of the week. Indeed it is. Yes. Uh, this is fun fact about this game. It's a battle from the two teams from the two lowest ranked countries still in the Conference League tournament. But if one of and these teams win, if these teams draw twice, then maybe that'll push them above Greece by the end of the year. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just shocked that they're both behind Liechtenstein still. That's a shocker. Yeah. Uh, not for fair, long, though. Yeah. Not for long if they I keep going know. like this. Badus keep winning. Badus. But, yeah, it's probably not the highest quality game. Punic currently sit fourth in the Armenian League, which mm-hmm. is not great. Zagres have been dominating the Lithuanian League. Mm-hmm. And... Their success has been mostly through their defense in Europe when they have succeeded. Only allowed one goal so far. They pick up a point in a no-no draw. Um, and they need some of their attackers like Renan to step up and really show that they have the quality to play at any level that is professional. You know one of the names of their players? Yeah. Good for you! I know, I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> he has 14 goals in 21 games in the league, but he good. hasn't put in those same performances in Europe. Mm-hmm. Which, again, it's a much stiffer competition, but... You want something from them, yeah. right? Uh, I don't think they're going to get it today. I think Punic are actually uh, could be in a good position to qualify. Yeah, they're pretty solid at home in. too. Yeah, I have it nil nil. Uh, I also have a draw at one one. I think this could be a big game though because the way Bratislava looks, especially probably rounding out the first round of fixtures here with a loss at Basel and possibly two in a row if they lose mm. twice to Basel, that could really come down to these these reverse fixtures between Punic and Zalgiris. So. Yeah. I'm going to back Zalgaris to get a draw here, and we'll see next week. And you know what? We've fucking done it. Thanks wow. for listening to this long-ass episode. We had a lot to get through on... Let's talk about 64 teams. Yeah. Uh, on returning to uh, 
to the competitions for the first time in three weeks, so thanks for bearing with the content. We apologize every week about it being too long. <laughs> this one is really long, though. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're so good at this that I'm we sure just, nobody noticed. We have noticed. so many takes and we care so much about these I'm things. sure we nobody know noticed. Uh, we'll be back on Friday uh, yeah. with all the actual takes about how the games went mm -hmm. instead of how they, we think they'll go. Yeah. Um, it's probably more interesting and yeah. probably why they get more listens. I don't <laughs> keep track of our listens that long, so... I do. Yeah. Um, well... It's been great talking. Uh, I'm done. I don't have any words. All right, well, you finish. We'll see you on Friday. Cheers to the gaffer.